Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassTenor.com. Today is Wednesday, October 25th, 2017. This is episode 126, Conducting Without the Musical Score. In my final month of my undergraduate degree at Wilkes University, I conducted a complete performance of Igor Stravinsky's Histoire du Soldat, The Soldier's Tale. Any of you who know that piece know that it is difficult. It has 492 time signature changes and we didn't just do the music, we did a full production, which also, of course, in, now involved the characters on the stage. We rehearsed a lot on that particular piece because, well, quite frankly, it needed to be conducted a lot. It was a completely student-run production. Every student who played in the ensemble was an undergrad, and I think all of them went on to graduate school. Some of them even went on to get doctorates in performance. It was a very talented group, and When I finished the performance, my wind ensemble professor, who I consider one of the greatest influences in my life because he pushed me and all of the other students in the department so hard just by setting such a great example. He said to me, congratulations, maestro. Now I wanna see what you can do when you get out in the real world with musicians of a lesser caliber. I kind of paraphrased what he said, but it was along those lines. And so I attempted to. About a year after graduating from college, I started, well, I founded and I directed a community band in my hometown for many years. It was a great experience, being 23 years old and having musicians at all age levels, all ability levels, and from all walks of life. We had people in the group as young as 13 to as old as 75. And everyone was welcome. The average size of my ensemble over the years was about 80 members, and we had a full instrumentation. And we did a lot of music. Each concert, we did about 10 to 12 tunes, and they ranged in so many different ways because they 
were there were so many different genres that we did. Uh, for instance, we would do a medley of Broadway musicals, and that was really challenging because sometimes we'd have a guest vocalist with us, and it was tough because you're trying to coordinate the band with the vocalist. And for all of those performances and for all of those rehearsals, over all the years that I conducted the group, I always thought in the back of my mind that I knew the musical score extremely well. I knew how the tunes went. I knew what I wanted to hear from all of the other instruments in the group. I had an idea of the balance. I had an idea of the blend. And with the exception of some Sousa marches, I conducted every single concert, every single piece with the score. Which is pretty fascinating because a lot of our concerts were out, outdoors and we had to contend with the wind. And I remember many times having rocks, actual rocks on my st music stand to hold the music down because I couldn't always turn the pages and attach clothespins quickly enough to the pages. And this went on for many years. During my final year, I should say, shortly after I had made a decision not to continue with the band because I wanted to pursue some other endeavors, I attended a concert. It was a concert with honor ensembles, a wind ensemble and a symphonic band. And I don't remember where it was, but I do remember the wind ensemble being very fine, and I was drawn to the performance. And I was intrigued by the symphonic band to see if they could match the intensity and emotion that the wind ensemble brought to the table. And they actually surpassed it. The symphonic band, which was supposed to be the lesser of the two ensembles, produced one of the finest performances I have ever heard from student musicians, and it was not even an all-state performance. It was just the all-North Jersey region symphonic bands, the lesser of the two groups. And I noticed something about the conductor. I knew his name. I knew he was a big name in the state of New Jersey. But I also noticed throughout the entire performance, he never conducted with a score. And I have to tell you, the music he did was tough. 
really challenging music. Music that was so difficult that it's not possible that he could have known the piece for many years and he didn't need to use the score. This was not a Holst suite. This was not a band piece by Vaughn Williams. This was music that was new. One piece had only been out for about a year. And he took the audience on this musical journey that I'll never forget. The roar from the audience I'll never forget. But he didn't have a musical score. He never once looked down. Since that day, I have never conducted any performance with a score. To be fair, I have conducted some rehearsals with scores, but I've never conducted a performance with a score. Because what I learned that day was the importance of that conductor being there for those musicians. Because quite frankly, it doesn't matter what the ability level is of the musicians. They need you. They need you. See, unfortunately, the stigma that's attached to a lot of conductors, even at the highest levels, by a lot of audience members, it's that the conductor's just a clown waving their arms in front of a group and magic comes from that stick they're holding. It's really silly. It's really asinine. It's true. A lot of people who think that way. And they think that this incredible performance you just put together all happened the way that it did on that day. There are people that actually believe that as well. Unaware that some of your best performances actually occurred during the rehearsals. But let's get back to that musical score. He never once had a need to look down. He knew that score inside and out. No cue by his left or right hand was wasted. Everything that he did meant something, but more importantly, that ensemble had his eyes. That ensemble had his complete and total attention at all times. He was aware of everything that was going on on stage 100% of the time. And the only time that he may have not been fully aware visually is when his brain was working at a speed to try to figure out 
if the balance was correct and if the blend was correct and everything that he was hearing was just right and if he needed to adjust anything throughout the performance. So what in the world does this have to do with a beginning band performance? What does this have to do with your middle school band? Or any band for that matter? Well, everything. Because I tried and I was admittedly terrified <clears throat> of going into the performance and not having my score in front of me. I'm going to tell you all of the benefits and all very, very few cons. You see, when you don't have a score in front of you, here's the one thing. You don't have to worry about losing your music, which I've done. Not being able to find my folder minutes before I'm about to go on stage. Can't find my folder. Maddening. Frustrating. I've had situations before where pages for my score were just missing. And I don't know why they were missing, but they were. I had one performance where somebody decided to be a prankster and remove one of my scores. But the biggest thing of all is the second you conduct from a score in rehearsal or performance, a bulk of your attention is not being given to your student musicians. I do not buy, well, I need the argument from somebody, well, I need to have the score in front of me so I can check notes. Really? Okay, I'm fine with that if you have to occasionally look at the score. But if the score is in front of you the entire time and you don't know what the notes are for the ensemble, I'm going to give you a cold, hard fact. You've picked something that's too difficult for you. Not for them. Because to expect them to play the piece of music is one thing. But if you as a conductor have picked something out that is too difficult for you, you shouldn't be doing it. And too difficult for you means an inability to know all of the parts and everything about that score. Not memorizing it, learning it. Knowing that score inside and out. Not going by a recording by a professional wind symphony and remembering their tempi or their dynamics or how certain instruments came out. No. Knowing what the third clarinets have in measure number 52, beat three. Yeah, you need to know that much. And I guarantee if you put the time into it, you will reap the, the all of the dividends. Now, here's what I do. And I 
always do this with my students. I show my students of any age what a conductor score looks like. And their eyes come out of their head every time if they've never seen one. They cannot believe that a person can be looking at all of those things at one time. Well, I can tell you right now, a fraction of 1% has the ability to look at every single part for every single measure at the same exact time in this world. A fraction of 1%. So, what are you doing exactly? You may as well be reading off of a condensed score or a, a, a piano reduction because you're really not looking at all of the parts anyway, not during the rehearsal. What I do is I show my musicians of any age. I'll show a community band. I'll show fourth graders. I will hold the score up to them and say, here's what I'm doing as we prepare for this concert. I am learning this entire score. And by whatever day, say a day, I'm going to have this completely, totally learned, memorized, learned. Which means you only have one part to get down. I expect you to get that part down. That changes everything with your ensemble. The students are going to look at you. Your musicians are going to look at you in a different way. You're going to be held in very, very high regard, as you should. You are the director. And you say, I am doing this because I know that and there are going to be spots in this piece where you're going to need me. And then the other spots, I'm just going to sit back and let you play and just and have a front row seat to the amazing sound coming from your instruments when you learn a score it's one of the greatest feelings in the world you have a deeper understanding and appreciation of the music my goodness Think back in just the early 1900s. Do you think the great conductors back then were able to go on to YouTube and pull up 27 different recordings of a piece? There were no recordings available that were easily available to them, if any at all. And the ones that were available were of very poor quality. Now, we know that quite a few of those ensembles suffered because some people may have not had the true preconceived idea of what the music should sound like and the intonation wasn't the best and the quality of the instruments wasn't the best. I understand all of that. But I also understand that despite times changing and us having everything available at our fingertips does not excuse us or give us, I should say, give us the right to be lazy 
And when you are conducting every single rehearsal with a score and you get the spots in the music and time is being wasted in rehearsal because you didn't do your homework, you have absolutely no right under any circumstances to get upset with your student musicians. No right. How many times have you said to your student musicians or any musicians, you need to look up? Well, why should they look up if you're not looking at them? Think about that. You have to look up with me here. And they look up at you and what do they see? They see you and half the time they're seeing the top of your head because you're staring at a score. Why? What are you getting from the score at that point in the performance? You've been rehearsing all this time. What exactly is going to come from that score? What was it, a time signature you can't remember? Again, it all comes back to this. Our if you can't handle a, the change, the meter change, you're doing something that's too hard for you. You should not be doing the piece then. Not because of them, because of you. You take something like a host suite. should be memorized. Memorized. That's inexcusable to be using a score for something like that. A piece of music you've probably played conservatively in your life for at least three different conductors. This, this particular thing drives me batty because I go to performance after performance after performance and 98% of the conductors, not professional conductors, not with professional orchestras. I'm talking about ones with school groups. 98% of them, Heads buried in the score. My goodness, what are you doing? Get rid of the thing. You don't need it. If you've done your homework. Now, I did mention that there would be some cons. There are cons. Here are the cons to not having the score in front of you. If you're doing a piece of music which involves, let's say, a narrator. That is a very good reason to conduct with a score. That one I can understand. If you're doing a Lincoln portrait, I can understand you needing a score. I can also understand if you're doing a medley of songs and from like a Broadway musical, and there's something that's very awkward, something with the words, whatever the case may be, where you need to have that in front of you. Once again, I can understand. And those would be the cons. Those would be the reasons definitely to have a musical score in front of you. It's probably about it. For almost everything else, ditch it. Get rid of it. Try it. I promise you, you are, you are going to get so much respect from your musicians in the group, they are going to see you in a totally different light. I know that I looked at that person who conducted that performance and I said to myself, my goodness, how talented. Yeah, he is talented. He's very, very gifted. He has a lot to offer. 
that he can't offer it if he's not communicating with his musicians.